You're listening to the Slavic Connection AC ACs 2019 San Francisco. My name is Vladimir Goldstein. I'm associate uh, professor of Slavic studies at Brown. And my journey to Brown was kind of long. I emigrated from Russia in 1979. I wasn't particularly happy with the cultural climate. There was a fair amount of anti-Semitism, fair amount of oppression, uh, political oppression, and so on. So I was very happy to emigrate. And I got my education at, uh, in the United States at Columbia first, and then got my PhD at Yale. I taught at Oberlin College and uh, Yale University, and now, in the last 12 years, I'm at Brown. Uh, my research sort of, you know, evolved. I got my PhD, and I wrote my dissertation on Lermontov, and I wrote a fair amount of things in early a romantic period of Russian literature. Then I sort of began to push forward uh, Stoy, Dostoevsky, Chekhov, Russian poetry of the 20th century, and eventually I'm doing some research and writing and teaching classes on film and current poetry. Poetry. Recently I even got involved more with political situation, you know, current affairs, wrote a fair amount of articles when I sensed that uh, a representation of Russia is not quite fair. So sort of now sort of my interest more or less go all the way from from Decembrism and to, to Gorbachev, if you wish, and, <laughs> and, 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 and Putin. A long time ago at Brown, we realized that our Russian language is not an easy language, and just doing it within classroom for you know, even for three years, is not quite enough. We also no noticed that students could go to Russia for a semester. There was a program, usually semester-long programs. They do much better. They are just a return with a good sense of Russian. They, they you know, they sort of uh, command the idioms. So we began to think at Brown uh, what, what to do about it, how to remedy the situation, and we organized about 12, 14 years ago this program which they called uh, Brown at St. Petersburg, and we've been taking students there since then. Uh, I don't think it was extremely successful, I don't think it was successful, so on average we would have about 10, 12 students. Uh, we, could, we didn't grow, uh, and uh, last year we in fact sort of uh, probably due, due some kind of various pressures, political, financial, and so on. We didn't have that many students, so we, in fact, we, we, we didn't even sort of go there. But we organized this program, and, and in terms of the individual students who went on this program, the results were amazing. We had, you know, not only they bonded with each other, they actually bonded with the Russian language. They bonded with the Russian culture. Many of them uh, went to great programs. Many of them are already teaching you know, just today, you know, I saw one of our graduates from our summer program. Mm -hmm. He's already assistant professor in Ohio State, oh, and wow. so on. So, uh, in other words, there is a real breakthrough, and I think the summer programs are very important, and important, especially in today's world when there is all this sort of you know stories about Russia. But what is interesting, I noticed when I've heard it, even just during this uh, you know, impeachment hearings, when they talk to various diplomats and so on, you start to sort of, they talk about their biography, they all went to Russia, 
they all studied. So just even sort of to <laughs> to get on that level, you, you really have sort of to go there and, 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 and study it. So some problems in that sense are, are very important, and we'll try to work with Brown to organize, you know, sort of the, the thing will continue, and we also hope we'll get some sort of support from, you know, from the you know, government and so on, because it is a crucial language. And Russia, besides, of course, it's obvious magnet as a sort of this kind of you know, center of culture and you know, literature and poetry and film and ballet, it, it's, a, it's a fundamental sort of you know, player on the world scene. So sort of to study it is very important, no matter what sort of all these people write about Putin or Trump or sure. whatever. <laughs> you know, Russia is still there, it occupies the biggest sort of space on, on, on Earth and a very important player, so I think it's the more people go there and learn and see things uh, with their own eyes, the better. In terms of my all kinds of research, I, you know, started more or less like classical sort of scholar of literature, analyzing text, sometimes close reading, sometimes interpretation. But I think, you know, time changes. I change more or less with, with, with time. So I, sort of, I, I began sort of to do a fair amount of, of, of reading and research on film. I had a sort of nice article uh, on Tarkovsky, mm-hmm. and I like to do that. And I always had a fondness of poetry, not not just as, as a reader, but you know, I remember when I was getting my PhD at Yale with a uh, you know very very fine poet and a very excellent professor Thomas Wenslova. He, and he came, you know, from Tartu school of, of, of interpreting and reading. I think he taught me a lot, and I was very happy sort of to analyze poetry on a very micro level and, and macro level, and sort of, you know, from you know, from the sound to grammatical moves, and I enjoy doing it. So I think I, you know, I, I you know, I, I, that's what I like to teach at, at Brown courses on sort of so-called. Uh, golden age of Russian poetry, silver age of Russian poetry, uh, you know, post-war poetry, and so on. And sort of, I, I, I thinking connected with it. There are so many good poets who are a little bit below the radar screen, mm-hmm. uh, like not like Brodsky, but you know, very fine poets. So I'm even thinking maybe I should, I, I'll work on a little anthology and translate some, some of these poems. They're not, they're not translated. Uh, that might be sort of an interesting project. I have a good friend who is an American poet, so with my kind of sensitivity to the Russian language and across sensitivity to, to English, mm-hmm. I think with this number of translations of Parnok, of Tsvitaeva, uh, and they were published, so I think we might continue doing that. Uh, and I also sort of fascinated uh, with film, there is like, you know, Davzhenka sort of totally attracts me, he has filled <laughs> Earth. You know, Chapayev is a fantastic mm-hmm. film. I published on the very popular Soviet blockbuster, uh, White Sun of the Desert, BLS Sons of Pustini. It's a fantastic film, very kind of complicated. So, I, you know, sort of, that's something uh, interests me. And I've been for the last 10, year, ten years, it's, sort of, it's a long project, but I hope I will finish it, you know, within, within uh, next semester. I have already like 600 pages on a very topical, powerful subject for Russian. Russian culture, fathers and children. So, you know, of course, there is a famous novel uh, of Turgenev. And, you know, people were thinking about Turgenev and, you know, saying that you know, Turgenev wrote this uh, novel for a reason because the conflict of generations is very fundamental for Russians. 
that usually it so happens that you know every now and then new generation comes comes along and literally pushes aside everything what the old people sort of knew and they start from the scratch. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just imagine what happened during the Peter the Great sure. when he starts sending people sort of abroad and saying forget you know all these Russian ways, forget religion, forget sort of you know uh, attitude to culture, to science, mm-hmm. to theater, let's start from the scratch. And this pattern sort of continues. You, you can easily imagine you know, of course, Turgenev period when there was like you know rejection of aristocratic culture and, uh, and poetry and interest in science. Then lo and behold, we have a revolution when you know uh, October Revolution, when new generation rejects everything related to capitalism, to feudalism, to agriculture. Want to start the new? You know, this is like bracket of the of the beginning of 20th century, the end of 20th century. Another totally kind of you know just another extreme. So this this very fascinating Russian dimension of this uh, uh, oscillation from one extreme to another, which many people claim explains a lot about Russian culture. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so I, I wrote, you know, practically sort of, you know, finished this book, still editing. So I, I discuss how major authors Pushkin, Dostoevsky, Bailey. Uh, Turgenev, of course, and uh, moving to 20th century to Mayakovsky, how they deal uh, with, with this issue of generations. Yeah, I, good luck on finishing that 600 pages. That's a lot of to edit. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, I'll do that. What can I do? I mean, there is no no way out. I I I I, I, I am you know I'm joking. I, I start begin my work on the project more or less at the time. When my son was born, I was quite a long time ago, and I said I better finish it before I become a grandfather. <laughs> it's your second baby. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> this one, yeah. You know what or another. <laughs> uh, actually you, you briefly touched, you know, on the Brown Summer Program in St. Petersburg and some, that's something I'm also very personally interested in improving, you know, the status and the number of exchange programs between the U.S. and Russia. What do you think, you know, is the future of send, coming or having, you know, Russian citizens come here? Because I think those programs are, you know, becoming less and less by the day, the opportunities, you know, because it, I feel like Americans are very privileged. They can, there are so many study abroad programs that send them there to at least Moscow or St. Petersburg, but not so much coming back here. Yeah, there is a parenthesis getting, there is, unfortunately, there is all this kind of current political situation, always tit for tat, that, you know, difficulties to get visas, and then sort of Americans will create a situation where it's very difficult for yeah. to get Russian visas. Uh, I, I know Russians are learning English, you know, it's, yeah. it's a very booming industry. You know, I was, I was there, just recently came from the conference, and, you know, no matter where you go, at least in the center of Moscow, Everybody speaks English, everybody, but they go to England. So not only and Russians like to travel. So basically, I think it's a big, a big, you know, loss for United States rather than sort of welcoming uh, people who would sort of uh, learn and contribute and and and, and, and serve as a bridge. For some reason, uh, you know, all this all all these complications occur. But you know, there are still some some students who sort of you know go here and there. But I think what's important for for starters is like for Americans to start going yes. to Russia. But of course, you know. Know, it would be great if you know more Russians will come here and take our classes because I'm very proud and that's what I was very really happy you know I went through American education Columbia Yale 
and now Jichin Brown and the United States have a lot to offer in, in, in the field of humanities, you know, kind of spirit of free inquiry, free, free open discussion, you know, just questioning, challenging anything, looking at things from totally different perspective. That's also Russians can learn a lot from, from this kind of approach. Yeah, you mentioned in the in the description for uh, your panel today, you know, that there is this mutual paranoia and suspicion between the two countries and direct contact is almost underestimated. Like people don't seem to realize sometimes that just having people meet each other is the first step towards, you know, improving Russophobia and improving relations just from the ground up, from the grassroots level. It's absolutely fundamental because, you know, if you think about it, just even sort of before coming to San Francisco, you know, what you deal with, you, you are not at the place, you, you deal with the, uh, you know, with the images, with, with the, what, what newspapers or media brings to you. So, you know, you, 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 you hear, read about Los Angeles, San Francisco, homeless, this. of course these issues are there, yeah. but there are other dimensions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what people have to see. You know, everything, you know, we read about, you know, in another country is probably there. But, you know, I just, on my way to Russian conference, I stopped by Istanbul. And I was shocked how friendly, open uh, people are. They discuss issues, they talk, argue about Syria one way or another. They, they, they take this position, take this position. So it was kind of very encouraging, rather than imagining every country as some kind of monolith, uh, imagining or projecting upon every country, Americans are all like Trump. Russian or like Putin. This is kind of silly. So when people go and, and, and learn things and, and see things, it's, it's, it's you know, very you know, eye-opening and that's how it should be. And I actually think this is a very bad kind of, you know, almost like nefarious. I don't want to push it. But, but I think the less people travel, the easier it's sort of, it's brainwash them. The easier is to sort of to create this uh, image of the enemy. But once you sort of been at the place, you know, say, no, wait a minute, that's not quite the case. Yeah. So in that sense, you know, the, the, the traveling and, and study abroad is, is fundamental for every country. Yes, yeah. It's You can always, you know, read something, see something in a movie, but until you see it in person, it's not, you're not quite experiencing Absolutely. what you should be experiencing. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Dr. Goldstein. I hope you have a great assise. ACs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hopefully if you ever come by uh, University of uh, Texas at Austin, yeah. feel free to give us a call. We'd love to have you um, talk a little bit more about your research. And... Oh, absolutely. I'll be happy to. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thank you very much. The Slavic Connection is produced by the Center for Russian, East European, and Eurasian Studies at the University of Texas at Austin. Thank you. Thank you.